Hey, everybody. Like so many of you, my love for learning didn't just stop when I finished school. I wouldn't be doing this podcast otherwise. That's why I'm excited to tell you about the Great Courses Plus video learning service. This is a service where you get unlimited access to thousands of the Great Courses online lectures on many topics that are taught by top professors. I really want you to try this out. So we've worked it out with them where they're going to give our listeners a special chance to watch hundreds of their courses for free. And included in that is a course that I just watched called The Inexplicable Universe, Unsolved Mysteries. This is presented by the well-respected astrophysicist, you might have heard of him, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And it explores some of the universe's biggest mysteries in an engaging, fascinating way. NDT talks about everything from black holes to string theory to quantum foam. It's totally awesome. So I'm a fan of this. I want you to try it. And as one of our listeners, when you sign up, you'll immediately get one whole month free to start any lectures you want. Start your free trial today by going to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash brainstuff. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash brainstuff. Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey there, kids. I'm Christian Sager, and this is BrainStuff, the one that is about the most powerful of liquors, absinthe. So in 1905, a Swiss vineyard worker named Jean Lunfray shot his pregnant wife and his two daughters. Then he tried to kill himself unsuccessfully. The public were absolutely outraged and blamed the whole thing on two glasses of absinthe that Lenfrey had consumed before his rampage. What is this beverage that could drive a man to such madness? How is it made? Does it actually make you hallucinate, as some people claim? Well, absinthe is an anise-flavored alcoholic drink, and for a while there, it was banned in the United States, Switzerland, and France. It tastes kind of like licorice. People used to call it the Green Fairy because it's green, and supposedly it made its consumers see things, like, you know, fairies. The traditional recipe from before the ban has a really high alcohol content, anywhere from 55 to 75 percent. So you're supposed to dilute it when you drink it, unless you've already started the day drinking paint thinner, that is. Absinthe made from anise, fennel, a plant called wormwood, and a variety of other herbs and flowers. You soak all these ingredients in alcohol for anywhere from a day to a month. Then you distill the mixture, causing it to evaporate and leave behind bitter essences. You then recondense these with the alcohol as it cools and dilutes. Manufacturers add more herbs later to give it the milky greenish color that it's known for. It gets its aroma from the wormwood, something like a mix of cinnamon and cloves. But don't go buying this stuff out of the trunk of a stranger's car. Falsified absinthe is typically made with industrial alcohol, food dye, antimony, and copper salts. With that combination, you might as well just stick with the paint thinner. But the vintage absinthe from before the ban, that stuff can go for as much as $500 for a three-ounce vial or $10,000 for an entire bottle. Wormwood's been used medicinally since 1552 B.C. in Egypt. Its bitter taste is so old, it's actually mentioned in the Bible as a representation of injustice. It was used as a general remedy for disease in the Middle Ages, and get this, mothers used to apply it to their nipples to wean their babies off of breast milk. 
In the 18th century, a French physician is rumored to have developed the absinthe recipe with wormwood. This recipe was first commercially produced in 1797 by Henri-Louis Pernod. And a century later, it was incredibly popular because a vine pest had made wine less available and people needed to get their drink on. Simultaneously, an anti-alcohol movement was growing, called for by both doctors, the clergy, and the wine growers who wanted their industry back. The growers started a misinformation campaign linking absinthe to hallucinations, seizures, suicides, and murders, like those committed by Lanfray. They even produced posters denouncing addiction to the drink as absinthism. Recent studies, however, have shown that if there was a real problem, it was actually widespread alcoholism that was to blame. Remember, absinthe has an incredibly high concentration of alcohol in it, and at the time, it was one of the most highly consumed drinks in France. So the two went hand in hand. But the scientists of the time, perhaps misguided by absinthism propaganda, missed this interrelationship. Instead, they performed experiments on animals to prove that wormwood was at fault. And rather than use absinthe in their tests, they use essence de absinthe, which is essentially pure wormwood oil. They shut guinea pigs up with saucers of absinthe and alcohol, testing the effects as the animals huffed in the fumes. They even made lesions in the brains and spinal cords of cats so they could administer wormwood directly. Guess what? When you cut up a cat and rub wormwood oil on its bare brain, it has seizures. Seeing this as a confirmation of their hypotheses, their results were assumed to have the same effect on the humans who drank commercial absinthe. Now here's the thing. There's a component in wormwood called thujone that in high doses can be toxic. We used to think that it suppressed neurotransmitters in the brain, but it's actually a gamma-aminobutric acid inhibitor, meaning it blocks the brain's GABA receptors. This causes convulsions. Thujone occurs naturally in a lot of different foods, but never in doses that are high enough to hurt you. And this includes absinthe. Even with the variation in its alcohol levels, by the time the drink is distilled, there's barely any thujone left. There are different chemotypes of thujone too, and not all of them have the same toxicological effects. And furthermore, any effects felt under the influence of absinthe were in conjunction with the intoxicating depressant of the ethanol that's also in the drink. Examination of historic absinthe products has determined that they actually had about the same thujone in them as today's maximum limits will allow, meaning they weren't toxic. But did absinthe make people hallucinate? It's unlikely, but if it did, it was probably caused by the ethanol content and not the thujone in the wormwood. The absinthe available today in Europe has less ethanol and a legal thujone content of 35 milligrams per liter. Most brands have the same ingredients and extracts as absinthe from before the ban. They simply monitor the thujone. Since 2007, modern absinthe can only be sold in the United States if it's thujone-free. If it has wormwood in it, the FDA considers it adulterated. But honestly, you could probably get away with bringing a bottle or two into the country in your suitcase. And if you're looking to hallucinate with the green fairy, there is no evidence that absinthe, even with high doses of thujone, will get you there. Frankly, you'd probably die from alcohol poisoning well before you felt any effects from the thujone. 
it's possible that the constituents in wormwood or other absinthe ingredients may cause health problems. But so far, there is no evidence. So don't let advertisements fool you that absinthe will have any psychotropic effects. That's just marketing trying to cash in on the beverage's past reputation. Oh, and for the record, when Jean Lanfray killed his family, he had a lot more to drink than absinthe. He also had about 13 glasses of wine, six cognacs, two coffees full of brandy, and a creme de menthe. Check out the BrainStuff channel on YouTube. And for more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 